Hi, and welcome to Living Unleashed. I'm your host, Alex Runneman. This is a production growing out of my passion for identifying, questioning, and addressing the many challenges I face as an entrepreneur, father, and as a resident of my small Appalachian hometown. From community revitalization to work and business to health and everything in between, join me as we discuss the challenges, but most importantly, search for solutions that may assist you in your quest to unleash yourself and your community. Hey, listeners, we are pivoting yet again due to the current and heightened racial conversation going on across the nation and in our communities. Uh, We begin with a conversation with West Virginia House of Delegates member Danielle Walker, who, among many, many other things, is a woman of color. I asked Danielle to share with us her perspective to help provide a jumping off point for this whole season, a season where we'll be covering some of the most uncomfortable topics in regard to race. I'm opening up my quest for understanding to you, the listener, in hopes that we might all better understand one another and maybe have better conversations that might lead to more positive outcomes. I'm not here expressly set to change your mind, or my mind for that matter, or to tell anyone how to think. However, I think it's imperative we all at least elevate the conversation and seek first to understand. So join me where I'll likely say the wrong thing and ask uncomfortable questions as I awkwardly navigate through a very difficult and tension-filled topic to try and find some understanding in all this chaos. So what am I trying to accomplish? Well, you know, this is not an apology tour. I I find victimizing and villainry are largely unfruitful, Uh, nor is this another opportunity for people to talk past one another. There's enough of that going on out there. I'm, I'm simply looking for a candid conversation with someone who has a perspective I may need to understand. I know our guests, nor I, can, can or will speak for all whomever may identify with our skin color, gender, sexual preference, religion, or preferred hot drink. Uh, but I know that I can learn something from you, and I can learn something from our guests. And I suspect you'll be able to learn something from our guests as well. So I hope you find it fruitful in your endeavor to... Uh, to try to elevate your understanding of what may or may not be happening with those who have a different perspective than you. Hi, I'm Alex Runneman. I'm here with Delegate Daniel Walker, House of Delegates, District 51 in Monongahela County, West Virginia. Um, Daniel, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you for having me. So you've got, you've got all kinds of things that you are um, influencing, controlling, running, or, you know, you're, you're a mother, you're an advocate, an activist, a community member, a union member, and the list goes on. Um, I, I wanted to bring you on today. Uh, so, so as, as you and I were talking about earlier, um, you know, we, we've, we've been interviewing several folks over, over the last few months of this, of the, the COVID-19, uh, whatever you want to call it, debacle, disaster, scare, whatever it is. And, and we were just trying to sort through, cause there was a lot of unknowns. And, and from my perspective, there was a lot I didn't know. I wasn't an epidemiologist. I was you know, so we talked to doctors, we talked to nurses and, and people in the economics people and just kind of all business people all over to say, well, what's really going on here and how can we elevate the conversation, but how can then we respond as, as people and just to, just kind of a help. And, and so when, when, when the killing of George Floyd happened and the, the riots began, I mean, I think we were all faced with some things and not that, not that mm-hmm. we aren't faced with these things every day, but in a different way, it seems a collective has really struck uh, in, in the U.S. and around the world. And so immediately I just began thinking, what, what, what can I do? What, what should we do? And I, I talked to some folks I know, and a good friend of mine, Brenda Gallagher, connected me with you and said, hey, you need to talk to Danielle Walker. She's, she's the one you want to talk to. So here we are. And, you know, through, and, and I was talking to you right before the election. Um, yeah. You were ready to roll anyway. And congrats, by the way, on the election, uh, on the primary win. 
um, you know, we've, we've gone through, we've had to reschedule this because of internet outages on my side and all kinds yeah. of stuff. But here we are. And uh, I really am grateful for you to come on. And, and just, just generally speaking, and, and I know we talked about this, what I'm looking for from this podcast, and if it aligns with what you're looking for, I'm just looking for an authentic discussion that might help me and maybe others understand different perspectives and, and, and how we and, and they and anybody might be able to take some positive steps towards understanding and ultimately behavior. And that's, that's really where we, I don't know where exactly we're going to go in this thing, but that's, that's the goal. Does that make sense to you? Does that, does that sound like it's worth some time? It makes perfect sense. Okay. We're just going to have a conversation. I'm not a know-it-all. I am a black woman living in America. I don't have all the answers, but you know what? It starts with a conversation. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I certainly don't speak for now. There are many things, clearly obvious things that are different for us. Your skin color, our gender, but regardless of that, or I don't know what your religion is. I don't know what your sexual preference is. I don't know what, what, what kind of hot drink your favorite hot drink is. I don't know any of those things. We're going to have some differences and some similarities, and I can't represent everybody. You can't either, but here's two people having a conversation, and maybe, maybe we'll understand a little more, right? Yes. So, so let, me, let me just defer to you then. Let's start to say, what is it you want to say right now with all this stuff going on? What is it you want to say? My strongest message right now is this. You are woke, America. We are in a time where we not only see something, say something, but we're following through. It's so many times that things may happen and you talk yourself out of reporting it. Are you trying to make an excuse of why it happened? And we're just at a point right now to where it doesn't matter why it's happening. I need to be vocal about it because I want to protect someone else. And so this is the time where no one is pointing fingers, right? And so it's very heartbreaking when you get one-sided conversations, right? Because we get the movement of Black Lives Matter. Then we get Blue Lives Matter. Then we get All Lives Matter. Then we get Native American Lives Matter, right? That's all valid. But right now, we have seen in the past two and a half months, Black people being murdered because of police brutality, right? And so, we need to understand that until Black Lives Matter, all lives is null and void in that conversation. That is hypocrisy, it is bigotry of what you're saying because if that was true, we would not be seeing Ahmaud being lynched in 2020. We would not be seeing Breonna Taylor sleeping in her bed and getting a direct bullet. It wasn't a straight bullet. We would not see the murder of George, Mr. George Floyd, who has been replayed in our minds, on our screens, in our nightmares, over and over again. So I really need to have people really, really sit down and understand. It touched us all in a different way. I'm glad now that we're finally woke. 
some of the blinders are starting to be removed from people's eyes and their minds and their ears. What's the next step? That's what I want this conversation to be. What's the next step? I keep hearing, what can I do? And it was overbearing and it was overwhelming the next day that it happened because I needed time to grieve. Mm -hmm. I needed time to process. I needed time to talk to my two kings, which is how I refer to my sons. This was something totally different and it brought us back to the time of the first I can't breathe. And so why do we keep losing members in the black community because it's falling on deaf ears? Why do we keep forgetting about us? Why is it that when we see certain people commit a crime or allegedly that not all of us are innocent until proven guilty, you label us guilty by association. People are, are, are punished because they're poor if they can't afford bail and they're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. So we have a whole nother obstacle right now. And so everything is rising up from these events, right? We see the marches, we see the protests, and we even see the riots. And you want to demonize me when you see the riots. You want me to give you an answer of, well, why would they do that? The question is, why do they feel that they have to? Where is the hand up, America? We love to promote that we are the richest country, land of the free and home of the brave. So we don't, we don't understand what's going on because we don't want to acknowledge the food insecurities. We don't want to acknowledge that there is no safe, affordable, accessible housing. We don't want to acknowledge that our folks don't have a livable wage. If not for this pandemic, you now can apply for unemployment and get $600 extra from the federal government. What we need to think about is that these folks are finally now getting a livable wage because of a pandemic. So where is all the policy and saying we need to raise up minimum wage and we need to do this as a federal government and we need to set a board across the board because look what our people are going through and so that that's where i'm at with this and i am one love it is more than a hashtag it is the way i live I have stood for women's rights. I have stood for folks facing addiction. I have stood with my neighbors who face homelessness. I have stood with the LGBTQIA community. I have stood with educators and personnel. I have stood with the coal miners. I have stood with environment. And the list goes on and on. But when I take a stand, 
Because the first thing I see in the morning is that I am black. And you want to punish me. You want to demonize me. You want to say I'm not approachable and that I'm aggressive because I say black lives matter. That's not fair, America. There's a lot there, Danielle. So I, the, thing, the, 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 the thing I don't understand when I hear some of this, um, yes. and, and I got to tell you, I, have, I was born and raised in small town West Virginia, um, predominantly white. I mean, I, I know black folks and, I, you know, everybody's got black friends, right? You hear that and then that, that's code word for, I understand your plight. I don't, I, I don't. Um, I'm not a woman. I'm not a mother. I'm not, I don't live in Morgantown. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things that are different. But, but what I, the, in my, my opinions, my beliefs, my understandings of the world, my perspectives have changed. And I, and I think we're all called to change when we're faced with facts and we're faced with experiences. We are called to, to, to check that out, right? Does it, does it make sense anymore? Does it not? Mm-hmm. And the, I, I do see, I do see those on, on multiple, and I'm not a, I'm not a two sides guy in this. I, there's multiple sides yeah. to this and people have angles yeah. and all kinds of things. And I yeah. do see people pointing and calling, but I, I see more people, I think, uh, and I, maybe it's just my sphere of, 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 of uh, what comes in my, my eyes, but I see more people um, trying to understand or at least ignorant and just don't understand because they aren't exposed to certain things. Mm-hmm. So I don't see a lot of folks demonizing, at least in, in our communities. Now, there are there. Don't get me wrong. I know they're there. We all know that. And I'm not just, just uh, you know, putting that to the side. That said, what I see more in my little world, it's just my sphere, yes. folks who hold a position that, okay, yeah, Black Lives Matter, but I'm suffering too. And it's almost a scarcity mentality that if I help you, Delegate Walker, who is a Black woman, yes. I, I now, that, that, that takes away from me. And I, I guess the perspective that I'm seeing, what I'm struggling with in, and, I, and it, when we separate ourselves, and then mm-hmm. it's scarce resources. You're here. I'm here. And whatever mm-hmm. I do to help you is going to be is going to be hold for me is a challenge. And and I guess when I when when I hear you say things like, you would demonize me for st- for standing up. I know folks are doing that, but is it is it really that they're demonizing you, or is it is it is it the majority of folks are actually more scared of 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 admitting to they feel that they're going to lose something to you, whether it's a job. Or it's a or it's position of power. I, I don't know what's going on, and I don't understand the motive behind it. You've looked at this your entire life. You've had to. You you. I have had. You know, we talk about privilege, and I'm not here to apologize for my privilege. I'm. I thank God and everybody around me who's offered me any kind of privilege. And you have That's privileges, right. and I. That doesn't mean they're all equal, but but. Yeah. My my question. I mean, we got a long way around to get to this question. Yeah. My question is so so. Is is it really in your perspective? Is it more folks who just have have an ignorance from their background and their understanding, at least in our area, or is it is it truly people? Do you really think that people are, for the most part, really demonizing and really kind of antagonistic towards this? And that's a that's a really honest question. Just I, I don't know being on this side. So you have them both. You have both of them. That's that's the honest truth. You do have folks that are demonizing, mm-hmm. and that's real, and you can see it. And I'm going to tell you how you can see it. The peaceful protests and marches are being canceled because of the threats. And that's not fair. So, yes, there are folks demonizing, and I'm not going to let that go. 
ignorance. You do have folks that are very ignorant, that want to have the conversation. But in having the conversation, just as you are listening, Alex, and I am talking, and you're talking, and I'm listening, that's what we do. But we also have something because this has been involving for so many years, and it has just went from generation to generation. We have things called microaggressions, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you tell someone, this is a microaggression, very calmly, there's another rebuttal to that. And I'm like, okay, so now we're going from a microaggression to systemic racism. What do you want to do, right? Um, And so you don't think about it because you've been doing it for so long, right? But we learned, we've learned throughout time. We've learned that, okay, Black people are a whole person now because we had the 14th Amendment. I wasn't seen whole. Remember that. We must remember our history to stand in our present and look for a better future. Some folks have not moved from that. Or even if they have evolved from that, they feel that now she got affirmative action. So now you're pushing me back even further. But statistics, facts, have shown black people get paid less than white counterparts, and we don't get those promotions unless there's a lawsuit. And that takes a lot of courage to do that because you're already not giving a livable wage. You're paying me two times less than my counterpart. And so what shall I do as an investment of the time I'm gonna be out of work then I have to pay for an attorney to assist me in echoing my voice so you now can see me as a whole. How many people have trained someone to be their boss when they was just, I'm training you to be my boss? That's an issue. But we see it in corporate America all the time. And if that's so, so be it. So we shouldn't have programs that allows someone to learn how to be an entrepreneur, right? So if you don't want me in your business, then the government should allow courses and classes and I shouldn't learn how to apply for a loan, my tax ID number. Make sure that my employees are taking implicit bias trainings and also anti-racism trainings. And so I appreciate all the statements that's going out from all these corporations and small businesses. But just as you're writing statements, somebody else is writing obituaries. And I don't want you to leave from where that statement originated from. This is not a fad this time. This is the power of change. And it's people powered. I, I really struggle with, with all of the weight that's put on corporate statements or brand changes or things. I mean, there's, 
there's not a whole lot to celebrate or be outraged by any of that. Those are companies trying to make mm -hmm. money and following the market. And that's great. And that's great that there's market pressure that mm -hmm. might cause them to be better actors in society. I'm mm -hmm. not going to be against that, but I, um, you won't find me outraged that, uh, you know, that, that the, a syrup now has a different bottle. It just doesn't going to move me um, because you know what, they're just following the, the path. Um, not because out of the goodness of their hearts. Now there's some people in those organizations that probably are, don't get me wrong. There's probably some yeah. really good folks and they're doing mm -hmm. the right things. What do you, so, so, there, there's so many issues. So when we talk about policing, I mean, I, I objectively, um, you know, you look at statistics and things, I mean, you will see, you know, it's a dangerous job, right? Cops are out doing their thing. You'll see lots of killings and lots of poor things, but you clearly can't miss the, the, the but I, I guess my point is there's a broken system in and of itself. There's, there's a, there's a, a system that's then we, we, we talk about systemic racism. And for those that maybe don't understand that. Maybe we take a second and you can explain to me kind of what your pers perspective is of that. But yes. But before we get there, what do you say to folks that say, well, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a tough spot and, and it's legitimate. I mean, we've, we've got poor folks who've grown up white, brown, whatever, yeah. grow, poor, and, and they found a way one way or the other. And this is the narrative that you hear sometimes. And I don't believe most of the time, most of the time, I, I try to think the best of people. I think most of the time this narrative comes out of, out of, out of either ignorance or, you know, really, I, I, I don't, I don't I, I'm, I'm working hard. How is that different than, than, you know, a, a you add, you add, you add blackness, you add color onto that same upbringing. How is that? Can, help, help me understand, help us understand how that's different. So this is the thing. When have you ever walked into the store? Or when has your parents ever told you that you were a threat? Growing up, I want you to think about it. Your parents or the person that raised you or geared you. Did they ever tell you about your three strikes? I'm asking. Yeah. So. Uh, and, okay. I mean, did, did you, did you get three strikes growing up? Did, did they tell you that, you know, that you had three strikes and you needed to watch yourself? Cause I know I, I had them and I started learning at the age of three because I was so smart and so old. In, in, in my years of maturity. So did you ever witness that as a white person? Because I see it all the time as a black person and no matter what audience I'm speaking to, no one says, who is non-black says, oh yeah, I went through the same thing. So I'm asking you, Alex, have you ever had your three strikes? Here's, here's the closest thing I can come to that, which is, yeah. which is absurd. This is gonna be absurd for a minute, but yeah. let, me, you know, let me get the art. Yeah. I can remember as a, as a teenager going into convenience stores and and the the clerk eyeballing me thinking mm -hmm. they're going to steal something whatever and those you know growing up growing me i, mm -hmm. I wasn't a thief that, that, that and that would tick me off i mean that would fire me up mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. that is not even a crumb to what i understand goes on typically and mm -hmm. I, so i get the outrage i i absolutely get it. so that's the closest i can get to that now you know the, those those moments would, would make me a little angry at the moment and i'd walk away and nobody i i didn't i wasn't I mean, I, I bought myself and I left, right? Or I just left without buying anything. There was yes. never an incident. There was never an incident. And so I hated the fact that I was being looked upon because I was a teenager and I knew there were other teenagers doing, doing those things and stealing and those things. And, it, and I wasn't a thief. And it frustrated me to get that label just because I was that age and could look like those folks because they were, so I, that, that is a, that's, that's as close as I can get. So no, I didn't have to grow up with that kind of, of cloud over me from a, from a, a standpoint of danger or, or concern. 
is I want you to take that feeling and I want you to imagine from a toddler to an adolescent to a young adult to an adult to your day you die of that feeling and it never goes away. And it's much weightier, I'm sure. Much, much weightier. And then I want you to think about you walking, you having the privilege to walk out of that store and say, I'm not investing my money here, right? And then I want you to come to the Black community. It is so heartbreaking to walk away from a counter. And I'm going to tell you why. I grew up in the South. I'm from Louisiana. Jim Crow is still well and alive in all 50 states. We know that there is a county that we shouldn't stop in. There's a city we shouldn't stop in. We know that. But to still have a green book in 2020, there's something wrong. But let me tell you a step further. We've never integrated as a country. You know what we did? We desegregated. That's what we done. And we see that now today. And so from not having to go from the back door and being able to walk in the front door, you still had boundaries and barriers because you could have went through that store every week for the past three weeks or six weeks. And you knew exactly the cost of an item because it was printed, right? Mm -hmm. But when you got to that counter because of the color of your skin, that price could have doubled, tripled, quadrupled. It could have even went 10 times more. So you had two choices as a Black person. You pay whatever they was asking for. And who were you going to report it to? or you walked out of that store feeling defeated because you had saved for however long to get that item. Now we have it today, instead of, we, we don't call it red, and then it went to redlining, right? Where, where we put, we, we made sure that we drew these, these lines around these black communities. Now we have it in 2020 with the Opportunity Zones. Here in West Virginia, the Opportunity Zone goes all around and does not include that low-income community. So we're still doing it today. Still. And I still, if I, if I and I, this just happened to me, if I walk out of the store with nothing because of the way I'm just not feeling it, or I've been mistreated at the counter. As I'm walking, I'm praying, phone on, camera ready, because I don't want them to accuse me of stealing. I don't have a record, no kind, but it's that fear. And then even when I get out of that store, just in case they want to call the police, if I have the time, I sit there for 20 minutes because I don't want anyone to come knocking on my door. I want to stay there and address it. That's not fair. 
It's not. I can tell you, Danielle, I, I, I guarantee you there are people listening right now that they hardly can't even believe that. Don't believe that that's how that goes. And I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's not true. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that because that's it, that is a, such a different experience, I think, than, than folks of my ilk. If, and again, I hate yeah. to go like, oh, my community, your community. I, I, I really, no. I, I, yeah. I, I bristle at that stuff. Yes. We're, we're humans and we're, we're that's right. this earth uh, together um, trying to, and maybe we're getting better at it. Maybe we'll get better at it. Um, but but I, there are people that look at that. So, my goodness, um, it, it, I think the the folks that, that are doing that are doing some of this outwardly, they, they're absolutely. I mean, we talk about you know some of the, they're not they're they're here, they know exactly what's going on, but there's the implicit racism that we all have. Every, everybody walking has some level of racism. The idea I don't see color and all that that's complete bunk. And I don't I don't mean to offend anyone who's saying that, but the fact right. is you have it, I have it, we all have it, and and you know. About all things, kind of things, whether it's it's race or gender, or there's mm-hmm. those are just things, mm-hmm. and we've got a modern modern people. We have to use our modern brains to try to overcome mm-hmm. those things, so I can see you for the person you are in your actions and your character. Mm-hmm. That said, we don't always see it. So how can these? How can your message that you're you're giving today, which is which is powerful, and how can you get your message to folks who aren't who aren't overt racists, but but are but are not recognizing their own racism that's resulting in a prejudice we either that's part of the system yeah. or or yeah. it's individual how, yeah. how 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 in the world how does that message because i can tell you things like defund the police that message is fault that's doing nothing but following now the me then you have then you have the explanation later well we don't mean to do we mean to take that money and do something different with it and, and put a better organization together when you've already lost the crowd nobody's listening to you because defund the police is ignorant i mean really i mean I, again people are going to throw spears at me for that but mm-hmm. we got to have belief there's a reason now i know the history you look at the history of the police force and you, it gets really harrowing i mean if you really want to be a historian mm-hmm. for a minute it's scary mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I when we those some of those messages that come out and, and then you got the, to your point you have black lives blue lives and nobody's listening nobody now we're That's done right. so how do you get the message so people can at least understand it, even if at the end they go ah, I don't believe it Danny at least they've heard it how do you get people to do that I ask for one thing I need you to listen to hear, listen to hear with your ears your eyes your mind your hands and your feet. I need you to listen and understand my truth. We don't want to do storytellers anymore. We want to share platforms where people can tell their truth. Because in order for someone to believe, let's think about it now. When we were young and our parents was reading us Humpty Dumpty or Cinderella or the Seven Dwarfs, We had to read that a couple of times before we caught on to it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to hear things multiple times before it really, really sinks in, right? And start having those real conversations with those Black family members, with that Black friend, and tell them, look, talk to me. I really, really, really want to understand And I need you to understand what I go through, that person may not go through. And what they go through, I may not have experienced it, but I've heard it from somewhere. And I'm going to tell you something else. Don't go looking for the statistics, because most of the time we don't even have the privilege to report them. That's, That's the reality. 
That's what I need every person to understand. I really, really need you to, to listen, to hear. And so I have been trying to do a good morning and it's exhausting for me because I try to do one once a week, right? Where I give you some real hard, raw truths. And it's starting to click. And then I need you to also talk to your Talk to your white community members. Talk to that friend who's in an interracial relationship or has biracial children. I'm not going to close off a space and say, I don't want no white people here because that's not fair. And we will never grow together. Because I may be hushing someone who is a mother, a father, a grandmother to some really phenomenal littles. I can be hushing a voice to an entrepreneur that is ready to give incarcerated persons who have served too much time for a simple crime. So therefore, I will not close my doors to anyone. That is who I am. But Danny's heart may not be the same as everyone else. So I'm telling you, you can contact me. I give my number out freely and I understand. And I've had these one-on-one -on -one calls with several people and it's exhausting to me, but it's uplifting at the same time, right? So I wanna educate, I wanna elevate, I wanna enlighten, I wanna empower. And what's the end goal? right? We say children don't understand. Yes, they do. They do in their own little way. And let me tell you, that's the real truth tellers right there. Mm -hmm. So you can listen to a panel of adults all day long. And so what I've made a commitment in doing is I try to read a story with black and brown characters at least twice a week, at least once every two weeks when my schedule allows. It's impromptu. And so they understand and they learn and we have a conversation, but it starts with a conversation. If you come to me and say, we need to talk, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll tell you, Danny, that's, that, that's, that's music to my ears because I'll tell you, there are many folks in my shoes. And again, I can't represent everybody. I don't know what everybody's thinking, but, um, you're afraid to say the wrong thing. You're afraid to say, um, well, maybe, maybe I would say to you, all lives matters. Now I wouldn't, but maybe I would, but maybe I mean well when I say that and right. you could, could, could with love explain to me why that's what, what that means to you. And we could have a conversation instead. Yes. What I see in social media can be a lot of good, but it all can be a pen of, den of vipers. And, and so then it's racist. Now all we're, all we're doing is calling each other racist and we lose that. So we weren't, look, when we set out for this conversation today, we weren't going to solve all these issues and we, we really weren't going to dive too much in any one issue for that matter. But what I'm hearing really loud and clear from you, and I, and I know, again, you don't represent everybody, but I know there are a lot more folks like you out there than there's not, it, at least in my experience. Maybe I'm just a super lucky guy, and if so, thank goodness. But I think there are more people like you that, that really want to have this open conversation. And as long as we approach it 
with openness, maybe we can understand ourselves a little better because there's, there's still people that are confused about some of these things. Maybe they got great points and you, you don't know everything. I don't know everything, but the idea, I, what I'm hearing from you really loud and clear is an open invitation. Let's have a conversation. You don't understand why monuments are, are being taken down. You don't understand why the Confederate flag is offensive. You don't understand why people are upset at the police, why riots happen, all this thing. Instead of maybe what I'm hearing you say is instead of, well, let's just take a position and yell at each other. Maybe let's have a conversation. Yes. And you're ready to have it. I'm ready. I am too. Um, all right. Delegate Walker, Danielle, mother, all kinds of good. Um, I really appreciate you coming on this, this program with me today. And I'm, I'm probably going to bring you back. Um, and I, and I want to talk to some other folks. We're not done here. I do want to dig into some of these issues because I hear them in my community. People are, are confused. People are upset. When I say community, I mean local community here, business yeah. community. We have, we, we're around, I hear it all over and there's all, again, I don't see two sides. I don't see two battle lines drawn like, like media maybe portrays sometimes. And I'm, I'm not throwing media on the bus. They're just lazy for the most part. But I, I think we, we have a chance as a populace. I agree. I think there's a lot of people listening, paying attention and looking for things. And um, I just, I really appreciate people like you and your heart to be able to have that conversation. So if I completely disagree with you, before, during, or after, we've had a conversation, and at some point, we're both a little better off. And we leave with love, with no hate in our heart. Yeah. We don't have to hate each other if we disagree. That is okay, we're human. But when we start hating each other is when we start giving each other a dead sentence. When we start hating each other is when we do a great divide with our future leaders with our economics, when we hate each other. So we don't have to hate each other to disagree. We can agree to disagree. And you may wake up 10 years from now and say, you know, I gotta find Danny. Or I may say, I need to find you. Like, we need to talk about this. Like. I don't know, let's go fishing, let's take a ride. Like, like maybe I need to get out of my comfort zone and we need to meet on neutral ground. Because if you're in the comfort of your home and I'm in the comfort of my home, then we're, we're, we're gonna feel protected. But if we go into a space that neither one of us know, we have to depend on each other for survival. At the end of the day, we have to depend on each other for survival. I hope to be one of your delegates again after November. So guess what? I wanna make sure that I am creating policies that's gonna put all West Virginians first. I love it. So Danielle, I always like to leave on something positive. You know, there's always in the yeah. most horrible things. And that's, yeah. that's tough to say. I mean, we even said that about the pandemic that's killing people and, and generations of, of folks have been killed. I mean, these aren't, these aren't small issues we're talking about here. Yes. But what, what gratitude can we pull us? What hope can we have kind of looking forward? What can you leave us with it that you see? Look at here, West Virginia. We are mountaineers. We are free but we have to make sure that that is for all mountaineers, not just a select group where there is no exclusions. Everyone is included. Wild and wonderful West Virginia is who we are. It is what we are. We come from a foundation of strength 
of organizing, of unity and solidarity, let's continue to show our children and our children's children that we are ready and we are able to change, of course, with one love. So walk with me, walk with me, talk with me, love me. Great. Delegate Danielle Walker, 51st District here in uh, West Virginia in Mon County. Thanks for coming on. Um, again, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll probably have you back on and some other folks too, but I, I really appreciate everything. And if, uh, if you ever want to come back on and you've got something to say, just let me know and we'll, we'll have you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Great. Have Thanks. a good day. You too.